What Chefs Want story is incredibly unique. The owner, Ron Turnier, met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question. What do you want? And the chefs, they responded emphatically. We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week. They also offer 24-7 customer support. You want to call, you want to text, you want to email, you can talk to somebody 24-7. Get your delivery seven days a week and an amazing selection of products. That is What Chefs Want. So if you ever wonder, why do they call it that? That's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. And welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. We will not be joined with our co-host, Caroline, today. I did this interview solo today as I went down to the 1230 Club to meet with Stormy Warren. Stormy Warren is the host of the Stormy Warren Show. It is on the Big 615, which is found at TuneIn.com or TuneIn app, which is Garth Brooks's radio station uh, online. And he is the former host of the Stormy Warren Show on the highway, the most listened to music morning show in the world. So I was really excited to get to talk to him. He is hosting a writer's round every Wednesday at 3 o'clock at the 1230 Club. And man, that is a beautiful spot. Uh, one of my first times to go in there. And man, it was really um, just an amazing um, aesthetic. Food's there. Uh, Mike Downing, the chef there, done an amazing job. But the writer's round was really, really cool. Um, this is not like a restaurant show. This episode is not going to be a, we're talking about the restaurant. We do talk about the 1230 Club, and I recommend that you go there. It's a really nice uh, event spot downtown, place to go eat dinner. But this is kind of a, I'm real curious about country music, and I explain in the episode why I'm curious about country music, not because we live in Music City, but there's a lot There's a lot of personal history there, and I explain that to Stormy and how he is a part of that. So this was a really special episode for me to be able to do, and I'm just excited to share it with you. So it's not a lot of restaurant stuff, but this is a, this, sometimes when you get to do a podcast, opportunities happen that you really just want to jump on, and sometimes I do that because, come on. This is really fun. This is just a great thing to be able to do. Um, want to tell you guys real quick, the fantasy football show is a lot of fun. I'm in dead last. I'm looking up because I'm watching the games right now. And uh, if you like the podcast, great. It's a really fun kind of one-off that Tony and I are doing, and we have a lot of fun doing it. If you didn't catch last week's episode, Max Goldberg joins us on the show to kind of just chat about his team and talk some smack, and he makes a bet with Tony. So that was a lot of fun. And... Uh, that's what we got today. If you want me to talk about you right now in this opening thing, tag us in your post. If there's something cool you've got going on in your restaurant, some kind of special new happy hour event, anything that's going to benefit a charity um, like the Giving Kitchen. The Giving Kitchen is who we're doing the Fantasy Football League for. We're excited to, to partner with them and hopefully raise some money for them. They're an amazing organization doing amazing things for our industry, and I couldn't be more excited to help support them. They're not a paid advertiser. This is just a, I'm on the, the Middle Tennessee, uh, the Nashville Engagement Council, and I'm trying to help get the word out. So if you're a restaurant manager out there and you have an employee or you're, you need help, if you've been injured and you can't work and you don't know how you're going to make your rent, go check out thegivingkitchen.org. They are here to help you. So without further ado, I don't have a lot more of announcements today. Let's jump in right now with Stormy Warren. Super excited today to welcome into Nashville Restaurant Radio, Stormy Warren. Stormy, Hello. 
you are now on the big 615. What is the name of your show in the morning? Is it the Stormy Warren Show? It's the Stormy Warren Show. I'm not a complex guy. <laughs> I mean, I could come up with something really clever, but it's like, if it's simple and people can remember it, then that's the, usually the, the, you know, it's like we, in the restaurant industry, when people overcomplicate a name of a restaurant that makes it so, what is that? I mean, think about the place where you are right now, the 1230 Club. The most commonly asked question is, what the heck does that mean? You know, it means it's twelve thirty somewhere, right? right. It's, is it's, that it's, what it means? Well, it, it, it's it was themed in Prohibition, where it was a gathering of people, really cool, who still drank a lot, and they gathered at twelve thirty at night. Oh, so it was an after-hours speakeasy time to start the club. See, the storytelling already begins. <laughs> Uh, you may know Stormy as he hosted the Stormy Warren Show on the highway for... 17 years. 17 years? Yeah. Wow. And now you are hosting a singer-songwriter event here at the 1230 Club. It is Stories Behind the Songs. It's an Exit 209 podcast uh, songwriter <laughs> the, series. How hypocritical am I? It's called Exit 209. The number one question I get, what's that? <laughs> Well, which is well. So I'm in Nashville, and I know that Exit 209 is Broadway. Yes, very good. And we are on Broadway right now. I love your podcast, by the way. The, oh, thanks. The idea behind it, just the the what's your story behind it, and then making it in Nashville, getting off Exit 209. I, mean, I think it's brilliant. Was that your idea? Uh, the idea was a collaborative effort. My wife came up with the name. Uh, she goes, I said, I want something tied, you know, to roads or whatever and just what is it and she goes well what's the exit of broadway and i said is that 208 207 and we looked it up and it's 209 it goes there it is exit Boom. 209 and every artist that comes to town no matter if they grew up here or they come from another city or state has made a very memorable exit on exit 209 where their dreams were either going to begin or they're going to get crushed or somewhere in the middle but it all began on exit 209 when I was a kid, when I was 16 years old, I used to get off on exit 209 and drive down Broadway, and I would make a left on 2nd Avenue. Well, because that was the only thing that was there and was 2nd Avenue. And we would cruise yeah. and go circles. You'd make a left on Union, we come back around and cruise 2nd Avenue in my Jeep. I don't know how Jeep. old you are, but it sounds like we did the same thing. 44. So. Okay, yeah, that was a little older. All but right. That's all right. Well, I got to tell you a story, mm -hmm. a story of how I know you. Oh, good. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, I love this stuff. No, this is a real story. So I am a restaurateur. And I lost my job in 2019. I was uh, drinking too much, and I, I lost my job. Haven't had a drink since then. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I'm, not a, I'm not one of the people who can just have one. Yeah, I understand. One of those people. Well, in that As time, I sit here with my glass of Chardonnay in front of you. Hey, I, man. I've, cheers. <laughs> oh, official cheers. cheers. I got my, right. my Pellegrino. Well, well, good for you, though. Good for the, life is about taking the reins of your own self at some point. And so... Congrats on that. It was a, it was, you know, I had this, I mean, part of one of my questions later to you is going to be about tough life moments. And I look back mm -hmm. on that thing as the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Sure. It, usually those are the best lessons. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to go through them, but the, the, the result is always more beneficial than it is as long as you're willing to look at the silver lining. hundred percent. If you take that lesson and you yeah. learn from it and you can grow, yeah. then it's a worthy mistake, right? That's uh -huh. where I was. Brilliant. In the meantime, so this was October of 2019, mm -hmm. and um, I was waiting till kind of the new year, kind of looking, fielding job offers. So I started driving Uber, <laughs> and I was I would get up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning, and I would drive Uber because you would drive me to work. I would be one of the people that would. I get, remember so, you. Now, so that's so funny. So I'm a service guy. So I used to make coffee you, in the morning. And I, would, and, and I asked you specifically for coffee. Well, we get in the car and I go, would you like some coffee? And you yeah. go, excuse me? I know. And I, I didn't know who you were. I didn't do it. And I and but I you said. you picked me up more than once. And I then you started really bringing the coffee in. And I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> Uber driver ever. So I, I took that moniker as your favorite Uber driver. <laughs> One billion percent. That's me. Yes. It's and, good. Well, let me shake your hand. <laughs> it's good. To see. <laughs> I was burying the lead a little bit. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time because in the car ride that day, I told you, I said, I think the first thing I said, are you Stormy Warren? And you're like, I am. Yeah. And I said, oh, you host that Music Row happy hour thing. And you're like, no, nope, that's, that's a different the other guy. guy. That's a different guy. That's my buddy Buzz. And he does. A, a, well, see, the reason a lot of people get that confused is back in my highway days, I was in the afternoons and Buzz was in the mornings and we flip-flopped. So people associate the Music Row happy hour with me still because uh, it began with me okay. uh, in the studio welcoming guests in. 
And then when Buzz flipped, he turned it into a much bigger come on down kind of a yeah. atmosphere. And that's why they're down at uh, the Margaritaville now. Well, I didn't know anything about it, really, because yeah. I didn't listen to country music. I told you in the car that day, I said, country music to me is like oysters. Right. I said, I've tried them a thousand times. Still and I like just don't like it. And you said, listen for 10 did, days straight. Absolutely. And you did. And I did. Because the next time you picked me up, you said, you know what I did? And you found stuff you liked. I, I still to this day, you know what? I, the craziest thing happened to me because I started listening to country music and I know it from nothing. I don't know anything about it. But also I realized that I have zero memories around country music. I didn't go to a bunch of shows when I was a kid. Yeah. There's... And as a newly sober guy, it was a godsend. You didn't have a lot of memories anyway. Well, (laughs) you know, I was able to listen to country music, and it was all new to me. So I didn't have any of these. There was no triggers. You had a blank. You had a blank canvas. And so it was just this whole new life, new light in this music. And I've fallen so much in love with so much of the music. Welcome to the family. It is. There's some really great some stuff I don't like still. Yeah. But you know what I love? Because I what were you listening to before? Books, podcasts, but really, um, I listen to like here in Nashville. I listen to, like Lightning One Hundred. That's adult, what I was adult, just listening alter, to. <laughs> alt Nation on XM was probably my yeah. favorite station. Radio uh, Lightning is the best independent rock station in the country. They're amazing. Yes, amazing stuff. Lightning One Hundred, and then uh, Lithium on. I, I listen to XM. It's my it's my thing. So, um, but now I've been listening to the Big Six One Five, and I'm on Tune In by the on way. On Tune In. Tune in radio app, which yep. is which is fantastic because I love the format that is not just today's country. Not, it's not mainstream. Just, See the the, the highway so more. The highways model on Sirius XM is brilliant because they have so many facets to their country programming that each one has a specific focus. And the focus of the highway is what's happening tomorrow and at the very oldest today. And and yeah. they try to keep it that way. And so it's a very narrow playlist. Uh, of relatively and almost really new uh, artists and things, and they, and they do that brilliantly. Um, if you want something older, you go to the Prime Country or you go to their other country channels, sure. and, and that's always worked for them. And it's a it's a great model. I like one stop shopping personally, and if, especially as a country fan, I'm such a fan of multiple decades of country music that to be, have a place where they're all celebrated. We're still celebrating the artists of tomorrow. We're still celebrating the superstars of today, but we also don't want to forget the artists that made us country fans in the first place. Well, I'm learning so much because yeah. I don't have that history. That history. So I'm like, the, the, that's what like George the, Strait right. sounds like. I didn't. Su- you probably never <laughs> heard of a Susie Boggess or a Mary Chapin Carpenter. I've heard of them and I've heard some of those songs because I live in Nashville and have lived here for 35 years. But I have never, I don't have experience listening to them. Yeah. I've never driven down a country road with the top off my car listening to that music. And you know I what? do now. Next homework assignment, Mark Chestnut's Greatest Hits. Mark Chestnut's Greatest Hits. You got to write that down. I'm writing it down. Yeah, just, man, I heard uh, all my old flames have new names just the other day, and I lit up. I was just like, I have not heard this song in forever. And I went, man, I love Mark Chestnut. I love his voice. And I think I told you about an album when we met in the Uber called The Pilgrim by Marty Stewart. That's what I always tell. I've listened to that in Colorado like two months ago with my brother driving up to Pikes Peak. He's like, dude, you got to listen to this album. It's and it was amazing. Really interesting. It's the 45-minute history lesson all music lovers need to learn from. And it's Marty Stewart telling a true lifestyle a tale. It's a, it's a concept album of a love triangle, and it's a murder. It's got, all, it's got everything in there. And it's musically, it is a history lesson too, because he uses instruments all the way going, dating all the way back to uh, Jimmy Rogers, and all the way up to the the finest, loudest electric guitars of today. And it's the, very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 the I, I I call it the business card that I hand people who were like in your shoes, going, I don't know much about country. Here, start here, <laughs> and if you like something on this album, you're gonna want to learn more. I'm going to uh, definitely check those out because yeah. I, I love those recommendations. And I, you know, from somebody who knows, I'll, I'll give it a shot, man. Good. I'm in. Let's talk about what you're doing here yeah. at the 1230 Club with this so Exit cool. 209 podcast and the singer-songwriter series. It feels to me, and I want to name this area here today. I mean, I'm hopefully this sticks and I can coin this as my phrase. This feels like Bluebird Cafe meets the Music Row Happy Hour with wine 
like an elevated it's a classy, version, a classier it's classy. version. Well, th- this place, let's let's go ahead and plug the 1230 Club because yes. this is the classiest honky tonk in all of Nashville. And it's more than a honky tonk. It's the best rooftop bar. It's the best supper club and best food. And downstairs is the most upper class honky tonk you'll ever be. It's I say it's the honky tonk to you go to where you don't want your feet to stick to the floor. And... That's it's a good beautiful. description. It's gorgeous in Jimmy here. John's, uh, Justin Timberlake, and the consortium of, of investors in this place did it right. They did not cut a corner. It's gorgeous, as you can see. We're sitting in this private dining room that is stunning. Uh, just the, the decor, the vibe, the staff. It, it's and it, it's like a Vegas showroom up here on the, on the Supper Club. And they came to me and they said, Stormy, we, we want to do something with you in the Supper Club. We don't think we're utilizing it away for Nashville. We're utilizing it to entertain our our dinner guests but we're not doing something that we feel is unique and in cohesion with what nashville is all about and so we thought about it and i said why don't we just start with low-hanging fruit i mean songwriter rounds are everywhere but nowhere are we really getting the stories we're getting stories of specific songs but we're not learning about the songwriter's journey to how they got to exit 209 and, and how the inspiration started. Where, where does someone start to become a songwriter? Why and what help did they get along the way? Or did they get any? What dreams were crushed? What dreams came true? And that, to me, is the best part. So it's a, colla- a combination of the songs and the stories uh, from writers. You don't have to know who they are, but you know their music. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing. And we've had 36 writers come through here so far. And they're all the biggest names who've written the biggest hits you've ever heard. Wow, yeah, I was I was looking, and we've got Brett James, yes. uh, Wendell Mobley, yeah. Lee uh, Thomas Miller, yeah, Lee Thomas Marla Miller. Cannon. I mean, we have the list of artists. Bridget Tatum has been here. We've had uh, Bob Tomlinson, Bob DePiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just we just had um, uh, last week. We our last few weeks, Aaron Barker. He's in the Hall of Fame for songwriting, and he wrote so many hits for George Strait, like uh, um, uh, what is it, Baby Blue for George Strait, and. Wow. Love Without End, Amen, for George Strait. And the, the hit after hit after hit. And I sit there as a fan watching these rounds. I've got a microphone, and I can chime in and ask questions. But they're all based on what's happening now. There's a little bit of structure to the show, but not much. And so each show is different. As yeah. much as it's the same, it's different because of the artists, because of the stories, because of the audience, which continues to grow to this day. I mean, we started, we probably had 12 people in this room for the first round. And we're like, okay, well, well, we'll see what happens. We'll here. see what happens, and it's it's catching on, and people are starting to spread the word, and uh, we're over a hundred people plus, and wow. uh, we really can hold about uh, only hold about one hundred and fifty. And once we get to there, we're going to have to start charging. We're going to have to start ticketing it, and that's a good problem to have. It's a great problem. Yeah, but in the meantime, so if you want to uh, tap into this thing now, now's the good time because you can just walk through the door. Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. 3 to 5. Central time. Wednesdays from 3 to 5. It's like a pre-happy hour. Yeah. 100%. And if you work in the music industry or you want to pretend you work in the music industry, you just tell your boss, it's like, hey, I got it. this is a thing. It's an industry event. I got to go down. And then you just clock out early and come on down to the 1230 Club. It's a heck of an idea right there. It's not bad. So you're, you're creating the, the doctor's note for That's the people exactly right 100%. now. It's beautiful. This is part of your gig is to celebrate the songwriter. BMI, uh, the music licensing company, uh, was kind enough to honor me with the inaugural ambassador award. And that meant the world to me because it meant that they knew that I was there for the songwriter. And with that came a lot of trust and responsibility. So this is my way of giving back. This is my way of celebrating the songwriters. I think you answered my question, but I was going to say uh, the question that pro- preemptively was, um, how important is it to share the stories of the songwriters? I mean, we hear the artists on the radio all the time singing these songs. And I think that in my brain, I want to imagine that these are the artists that yeah. went through all of the heartache and the hurt and all of the things but the people you're speaking with are the, the ones, ones who really who went through. really went through it and wrote these songs. And yeah. tell me a little bit about that process that you've learned from these people. Uh, I'm fascinated with it. I'm addicted to the songwriter process because um, it's something I can't do. I've written maybe four songs in my entire life with some pretty big songwriters, uh, Vicki McGeehee and David Fanning and uh, Jeffrey Steele. And, and I've had a blast doing that, but it scares the crap out of me. I mean, that can process... Imagine. I mean, I know nothing about music. I can't read music. I don't know anything about rhythm. I don't know a chord on a guitar. I'm a word guy, so that's what I can contribute. 
but I'm still, the, it's a foreign language watching songwriters do their job. I mean, it's a complete, you know, there's the, the number system for studio musicians here in Nashville, which is unique to any studio in the studios in the world. And that's, I couldn't even explain it to you. I'm like, can you explain that to me? Because no. I don't even instead know what you're of, talking instead about. Instead of music notes, it's numbers and diamonds and th- th- it's, I don't understand it. Wow. I mean, I, I, I see a piece of paper and in five seconds, a studio musician can chart out a song just by listening to the demo of the thing. And they're just writing one, four, three, diamond, star, question mark. I don't know. It's like I, hieroglyphics. I, it is. And I'm just like, how do you, what are you reading? I don't know. <laughs> and the same thing with songwriters. I sit down and I'm thinking very rudimentary and simplistic rhyming and, and oh, wouldn't this word be great? And they're like, hmm. Yeah, cute. No. It's cute. Why don't you just sit there, Stormy? That's why don't you just sit over there? Well, this is one of the things I do when I listen to because mu- country music, for whatever it is, the storytelling and the songwriting is so good. And I hear people singing songs, and I kind of understand who writes their own stuff and who doesn't. But I'm like the behind the music guy, where I start listening. I'm like. God, I wonder who wrote that song. I yeah. want to know what Good. they you're, think. You're on your way. This, you're on your way. That's what you're doing here. This, and that's and it's. I'm warning you. It's addictive, and it's a, a, a as a sober person, the, the, you've just traded addictions. Yeah, who yeah, likes you, addictions? Yeah. So you've just traded yours for music, which I I have both, and so uh, <laughs> I, yay me. Um, hey, I have, we all have addictions. We all have things <laughs> that we love too much. It, but the words are my are, are my thing, and when I hear something said a different way, or word used, a, a phrase twisted, a, a, a perspective that I've never seen before in a song, like um, who is it? Darius Rucker just released a song. It's coming out this week, and it's called Sarah, and he wrote it with Ed Sheeran, and. The song is about, and I've never heard it except from England Dan and John Ford Coley, I'd really love to see you tonight. That's the only other time I've heard this story in a song, and it's called Sarah, and it's coming out on his new album called Carolyn's Boy. And it's a story of a 13-year-old kid falling in love, and that kid was Darius Rucker, and he fell in love with a girl named Sarah. And Ed Sheeran goes, well, tell me about her. And so this whole song is him just thinking, and then thinking to himself as a much older man 40 years later, going... I wonder what she's up to. I want to meet her. I don't want to marry her. I don't want to hook up with her. I don't want to try to start a relationship with her. I just want to say hi and just see, you know, is that spark still there? Is that, is that feeling still there? Is it, and, and even if there wasn't a feeling, just the memory, the nostalgia of seeing your first love. And I thought, this is brilliant. I was listening in the shower this morning to Morgan Wallen. Now, I was listening to the, as off one thing at a time, The Devil Don't Know. Oh, oh my God. Familiar with this song, right? This, I'm going to read the first, his lyrics, the song says, listen to this. And I, this is one of those moments that I was like, God, that's amazing. It says, there's a bottle on a King James coaster, Miller Lite full of cigarettes, too drunk to be hung over, last night still on my breath. There ain't no starting over. And this one never ends. I've been trying to drown these demons, but damn if they don't swim. And I'm just going, holy shit. Like, like, who yeah. wrote, like who wrote like that is that brilliant. Sounds, that sounds like a hearty song to me. But um, well, I just yeah. I mean, just those words. There's a bottle on a King James coaster. I mean, and everybody with the Bible on the side of the bed with a Miller Lite with the cigarette butts in it. You just you can just see my Bible, it and feel it. My Bible has rings. Yeah. You know, from the bottom of the wine glass. You know, it's 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 so true. And that's what Nashville is built on. They always say it's a fine line between Saturday night and Sunday morning. And that's what this town is. There's more churches in this town than there are bars. And yet till still today, probably not. (laughs) That may may have changed while you're talking about Morgan Wallen. One of my favorite lines of all time. We could go down this rabbit hole for a very long time. I don't know if you have a short time for me, but a long time for you. (laughs) But uh, the song that Eric Church wrote by himself and gave to Morgan Wallen. And it's on the double album, and it's called Quitting Time. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite lines I've ever heard. It goes, I can oh tell by the tears not in your eyes. It's Quitting Time. See, I get I emotional get, talking about I get chills about, yeah. thinking because that song to me oh. is so powerful. Like, oh, there's so me. many things about Morgan Wallen to me. Like, in his, he, he's he's such an absolute star. I mean, he's he's there, he but is. like, he knows songs. His he knows songs, songs are and good, he, man. And, and Quitting Time is just really one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And, Eric, uh, out of the kindness of his soul, was uh, beautiful enough to go, oh, yeah, you want to hear the demo? And he sent me the demo of Quitting Time. And 
it, it, Eric's version. If you like Morgan's version, and nothing against Morgan, his version's great. Eric is so raw and real, and you just hear the feeling of where that song truly came from. You could tell it was like, if it wasn't about his wife during a real bad period in their marriage, it's as close as you could get to be, being that. I don't, it's, but it's that power. And I can tell by the tears not in your eyes, it's quitting time. Ah, oh. 100%, man. I, I, um, there's a, gosh, I could go into Morgan Wallen for a while. <laughs> Just, I mean, there's so many. I'm so glad. Back and forth. And I Have know you, you guys are Hardy friends, yet? right? Yeah, I, absolutely. We've been friends since day one. I haven't. I just the hearty that I hear on the highway, or yeah. I mean, I I it's really not your jam. Have it well, no, no, it's not not my jam. I just I'm really into Old Dominion, and I will tell you, good choice. The Old Dominion some horses, holy cow! Well, for me, being somebody who made massive mistakes, we all have, and have had to say you're sorry and hope that some people do accept that apology. That song, the first time I heard some people do, uh, I had to pull the car over. I, I pulled the car over, and I just literally just sat there, and I cried. I mean, I it was too. like I've never had like a song just God, pierced through my heart. Sometime during this podcast, I'm going to burst out in tears. <laughs> I'm right there. I, I don't know what emotional level I'm on right now, but I'm right there. I'm teetering. It, but th that's what this music does. I mean, yeah. that's what that songwriting does. It's it's And powerful. when a song hits you like that... That is like the, it's like the most addictive drug. You, you can't mainline that feeling. No. Of when you hear a line for the first time or a song that changes your soul and you just go, holy God. Lee Bryce, boy. Oh, come on. <laughs> I have come two on. boys that are eight and 10. And so the first time I, I played that for my dad one day, we went to. See, here it comes. Let's, we went to dinner and I played it for my dad in the car and I was fighting it hard. And I look over at him and he's got tears on his face and I go. This is this is some of the music I'm into. And my dad's a music guy. He's been in the industry for his whole life. He was yeah. a publisher in the Christian music business. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, it was a powerful moment to share that with my dad because he never listened to country. He was a, you know, classic rock guy. And it just, I've turned on other people now yeah. to some of these specific songs. Have you heard have Panama City yet by Lee Bryce? No. Oh, write that one down. <laughs> this is fantastic. That is, Thank you. You talk about uh, nostalgia with young love reflecting back on a trip to Panama City with one of his teenage girlfriends. Club La Vila. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. And it just is absolutely a, just a treasure. This song is so good. I like I, Lee Bryce is great. I love, um, gosh, I love so many of the right. artists that are out there right now. Just so The many female side, Ingrid Andrus, is brilliant. She is. She is Ashley Cook. Brilliant. Uh, I'm really interested right now in Megan Maroney because she is a she has a voice and a and a, a, a way of writing words and and really pulling on the emotions that uh, I haven't heard in a, in a while. She's really good. She is. Um, she's the the Tennessee Orange song. Yeah, does the song I really know. I haven't dealt Which into her funny. catalog. And I'm going to just spill the beans here. She is it is it a Morgan Wallen thing? Yes, but she doesn't like the song, and not because it's a Morgan Wallen thing. She thought it was a stupid song. <laughs> And oh. she was mad at his co-writer, David Fanning, who produces Parmalee and is a songwriter. Really, he's had a string of number one hits for so many artists. And he's like, Megan, this is a number one song. And she goes, doesn't mean I like it. And he's like, just trust me on this, please. It's going to be this And song. sure enough, it goes number one. And she's like, all right, I guess I like it. <laughs> I guess I'll sing it a whole bunch of times for the rest of my life. Absolutely. This is going to be what I'm known for right now. But it's these stories that you'll hear at the 1230 Club at Exit 209. But it's also the stories that I'm addicted to the most. Uh, just tell me how this song was written. Tell me where it came from. Like, and how a song can twist meanings right before your very eyes. Like Jeffrey Steele wrote What Hurts the Most for uh, Rascal Flatts. Well, yeah. hurts the most. And he wrote it about his dad not being able to say the things he always wanted to say. And then he lost his son at 13 in an ATV accident. <sighs> so now it's no longer about his dad, but it's about his son, Alex. And now you get me to cry. It, it, I can't even fathom. No. And, and we went through it. The very first time he performed that song after his son passed away, he had a bottle of Jack Daniels on a piano at 3rd and Lindsley. Shit-faced. I mean, could barely <laughs> see straight. Bloodshot eyes, tears constantly just flowing, sweat coming off his hair, and he gets through that song, and it's like, oh. <laughs> done. It'll kill you. Wow, it'll kill you. And he's my favorite songwriter. Period. He wrote uh, my all-time favorite song, "Trying to Find It." When people say, "What is your favorite song of all time?" Trying to find it. One artist had the balls enough to try to record it, and it was Pat Green, and he'd even say that he didn't do it justice. 
only Jeffrey Steele can do this song. I think Lee Bryce might be able to pull it off, but uh, Jeffrey Steele is really the only person to pull it off. And you're about the, you're, we're in the same age range. It's our theme song. For dudes our age, it is one, it's what you went through in 2020, 2019. It's what we go through in relationships. It's what we go through in mistakes. And you're trying to find the answer. Oh, oh yeah. I, Come on. And that's, 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 that's what I think what we're all, I think as mature we're men, all searching. that's what we're trying to do. We're yes. trying to get better every day. Which is why some we're people do. We're imperfect people. This is why you love some people do. Now you got to listen to some horses and then here's your homework assignment. Which came first? Some people do some horses in the timeline of the story which came first some people do or some horses well see i find that way with morgan wallen yeah like the the uh <laughs> what came first chasing you or more than my hometown because it sounds like more than my hometown it would he's be. like look my hometown's more important and she's gonna go off to the big city lights and, and then, then all of a sudden he's, and now he's, he's chasing him back to the 100%. big i don't know what that i was like which one was written before yeah. which uh, brad tercy with old dominion i posed that question to him and he goes oh my god i never thought about that and he goes well it would have to be some people well no it could go both ways some horses do <laughs> some horses do <laughs> Some horses do. That's the way it works. But we'll put that out there to your listeners. What is, which comes first? Some people do or some horses from Old Dominion? We're going to take our first break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys. We are supported by Sharpie's Bakery. And we've been supported by Sharpie's Bakery for the last year. And I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of this partnership. Guys, they're a locally owned and operated bakery right here in Nashville for the last 36 years. Yes, they deliver fresh baked bread daily to your restaurant's back door, and man, is it good. You want to know what kind of bread they make? Go check them out at sharpiesbakery.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S bakery.com. So they have over 200 types of bread, and if you're wondering, well, hey, look, it's a special recipe that I like to use that, you know, we bake it in our house, and it's just, it's a kind of a pain, but we, we like to do it. They can take your recipe and make that bread for you without any of the hassle, the mess, the labor, they'll just deliver right to your door every single day. It is freshly baked. They love to give you a tour of their facility. Give Erin Moso a call. Her number is 615-319-6453. You should do it now. We are supported by Robbins Insurance, a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. But with the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those, you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robin's website at robinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robin's. When you hear that sound, it's probably too late. You need a guy. I want to be your guy. I'm Kevin with Corson Fire and Security, and I'm a restaurant territory account manager. Do you know who's doing your inspections at your restaurant? Please reach out to me at 615-974-2932, and I'll be glad to come out and take a quick look and look at all your fire safety inspection needs. Who you gonna call? If you're building your restaurant, we can help with that too, as far as kitchen suppression, fire extinguishers, emergency lights, we do it all. One stop, one shop. Call Kevin at 615-974-2932. Let me be your guy, Nashville. You know, I, I'm going to pivot a little bit. I love to kind of listen to country music because I've lived in Nashville for 35 years, and I'm a total Nashville guy. Like, I've, I guess, grew up 30 years ago driving second avenue that's the nashville sure when i was a kid that i kind of remember it's you, you had to drive fast through lower broadway because it was downright dangerous <laughs> yes, it was it was not what it is today yeah. but i i i love hearing little tidbits about nashville that i know in songwriting and i love listening to the exit 209 podcast because a couple nights ago which you could hear on tune in.com 
Yes, very nice. And Good on the tune in app. So I was listening to your interview with, um, well, now I'm drawing a blank on her. Um, As Shipping Bride. No, no, no. She's uh, the... the uh, Carly Pierce. Lainey Wilson. Lainey Wilson. Lainey yes. Wilson. So last, uh, the other night, my washing machine broke in my house. I hate that. I get an error code F2. Moment of silence. E2. Yes. Yeah. Moment I, of silence. The guy's, he won't be able to make it till Monday to fix it. But it, it was a drain pump, wasn't it? It was the... I, I, it was the drain pump. I a, promise you it was something, the drain pump. So I bought the thing 13 <laughs> months ago, and the yeah. warranty went out 12. I'm like, it's the drain. I'm like, this is a Maytag. It's 13. Come and own this thing. Come fix it. So I had to go to the laundromat. My wife had a full load of towels. All of it's our fantastic. towels in the house were in the thing wet when it broke. So I had to go to the laundromat in Bellevue, which is right across from the McKay's in Bellevue. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening to the Laney Wilson interview at the laundromat. Is it weird to you to know that people listen to you talk while they're at the laundromat? It's weird. Um, I try not to think about it a lot because I just want to have conversations that I would want to listen to. And if I'm doing that, that's, a, that's as far as I want to think into it. Now, if I'm, making, if I'm doing that, then I'm hoping I'm making a connection. Yeah. Like, like with you. And if, if not, I'll, 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 I'll know it in the conversation. I'm like, nope, the, nope. Well, I, I'm, I'm listening to this interview, and she says, well, I've been here 12 years. I'm, I'm going to do your accent. She, yeah. And she has a really good other accent. Yeah. But she said she was living in a van, like a, a motorhome kind of a thing. On her producer's front lawn. Which was right behind the McKay's in Bellevue. Right there. And I'm sitting in this this laundromat, and I'm looking at McKay's. Isn't it and David looking, Malloy? David Malloy? Isn't that the one he was? I, I think so. I don't know who, who maybe yeah. it was, but I'm just thinking like, this the stuff we're talking about is very if you if you're not living in Nashville and you're like is that really like a yes like it's in Bellevue I'm at the laundromat across the street from McKay's and I'm listening the to the show happens. going she used to live right there in that park like right there like <laughs> and you're just it's that close to home these sure. stories it's not some far fetched these people are coming yes, from Chris Christopherson literally and really stole an Air National Guard helicopter. And delivered a demo tape to Johnny Cash's front yard via helicopter. I did not know that. That is true. And it was, I think it was Sunday, Sunday Morning Coming Down was the song. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, these stories are real. You can't make them. Some probably are a little more embellished over the years. I mean, maybe he drove up in a Jeep. I don't know. But I like the helicopter story. The helicopter story is fantastic. I'm like, I don't know. Does he know how to fly a helicopter? That seems like that would be a whole thing. He was in the Air National Guard, so he did know how to do it. He just didn't have permission to borrow it. (laughs) Worked out well for him, I guess. It did. Mike. Well, it was that podcast. She said that she was was a a Hannah Montana uh, impersonator earlier in her career. And she would play for eight-year-olds, and then she would play in a nursing home. And I remember I was writing this down because she said, and that really, you said, but that helped you for your audiences, learning how to play for your audiences. Mm -hmm. Anything in your past, in your childhood, anything that you did that prepared you, that you didn't realize that prepared you to do what you do today? I mean, I am one of those people, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I knew what I was going to do from as old as I could walk or talk or whatever. I was obsessed with the voices on the radio. So I practiced in single digits of age. I was practicing recording, doing interviews and doing radio shows. I had, my dad was a lawyer. And so he had a dictation machine on reel to reel tape with a little cheesy microphone. And I would sit there and do my own radio shows at less than nine, 10 years old. Um, And I still have some of those tapes, but I would just practice it, listen to the radio, try to duplicate it. And then I got my first job in radio at 13 in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, for 14 K at 13 at 92 K. Uh, yeah, Mel Myers took me in as a program. I thought he was like 80 years old at the time. It turns out he's only 10 years older than I am, but he, to me, seemed like such a guru. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, king. And he saw a lot of himself in me, and he goes, come on in, I got you, and gave me a shot. And one of the albums he gave me, because I was too young to be paid, so he paid me in concert tickets and promo albums. And I thought which was, is the best currency when you're that age? The best currency. 100%. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want I, money. Who cares about money? I'm just going to buy concert it, tickets it, 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 and albums. Murder, murder. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I'm going to do with it. We just skipped the middleman. Yeah. And one of them was a, a interview media kit on vinyl for Phil Collins, and it was called Collins on Collins. And on one side there was an interviewer and Phil Collins, and it's the whole complete interview. You flip it over; it's just Phil Collins' answers. So that radio stations could make their own personal 
interviews with their own talent, and it sounds like they got time with Phil Collins. And I mastered that album. I must have done that interview 2,700 times. And that's where I learned how to interview. That's how I learned the flow of an interview. That's how I learned reaction to questions and the right ones to ask, the right ones to elicit response. And I studied that thing time and time again. I still have the vinyl. I still have a picture of it on my phone. You're talking about those reminder things. This, that album cover will always remind me where the love started from. That's amazing. I still have never met Phil Collins. But I feel like I have. I think yeah, one day you will. I think that you've got to put that on your list. You've to. got to interview Phil Collins I, I for have real. To do this. I mean, it's it's it's, it's destiny. Let's put that energy out into the world right it now. Is destiny. Phil Collins, you're listening. I know you're listening and, right and not now. Not just that. It wasn't just any artist. <laughs> not only that, I was absolutely obsessed with Phil Collins, and I still am. I think he's oh. a musical genius and yeah. a songwriter and, and guy. Genesis, although I saw those concerts more than I've seen any other artist. Really? Genesis and Phil Collins solo. And I got to the point where I, I got bored asking the right questions, so I tried to trip up Phil Collins on his recorded answers by asking <laughs> answers or asking questions that would sound ridiculous with the answers that he could give. So you've interviewed people your entire life. Uh, you were on Great American Country. You had a show. I'm going to tell you the name of the show. <laughs> it is called Headline Country. Uh, yep. Headline Country. Mm -hmm. That's what it was called. Um, and you did that from 2003 to 2014. Yeah. You've been interviewing people your whole life. And now you have a podcast. Now you have the Big 615 on TuneIn Radio Podcast. TuneIn.com or the TuneIn app. TuneIn.com or the TuneIn app. There we go. Got that for you. <laughs> um, do you still get amped? I mean, is it? how do you prepare? Do you, do you still? Because this, to me, feels like therapy sometimes. This is a, this my is, therapy. This is... So fun it's for me. My, this, this, what we're doing right now is therapy. And I usually don't like sitting on this side of the mic. I'm having a blast today, so thank you. Uh, which <laughs> well, means you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. And you are. You're, you're touching on all kinds of fun stuff that I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and, and that's the buzz you look for. And that's a buzz I look for in an interview when I'm on your side. And it's, it's like fishing. And you sit there and cast a line, and you cast a line. And when you finally catch the lunker, you just don't reel it in fast. And you, you <laughs> just stay there it. in that zone and you just figure out where that fish is going to take you because it'll take you in places you never thought. If you're smart enough, not saying I'm smart, but if you're wise enough to follow the natural progression of the conversation and not force a left turn. Yes. Too early or too late. And to me, it's the dance of it. You hear musicians always say, they're in the pocket, meaning they're all working together. And they, they, it, it's just this hum of perfection when they're all playing the same notes at the same time. And an interview is that kind of a dance. And I feel it when, like I did one the other day uh, with Luke Grimes. He plays Casey Dutton sure, on, yeah. on Yellowstone. And he did fantastic, but I thought I was just off. And I was just like, and I'm really critical of myself. And I was like, mm. and I had people coming to me, go, that was one of the most amazing interviews ever. And I'm like, Mm, just just I, a hair, just a hair, and not quite there. Even though the content was, I, I haven't listened back to it, but they, they said it was great. And yet I did one with Darius Rucker this morning, and I jumped out of my chair after it was over going, that's it. That's, that's the one. That's the moment. That is like, that was top to bottom, the coolest conversation you could have. And that is the buzz I get. That's, that's why I keep doing this. This, if, if I didn't start Exit 209, I don't know where I'd be passion-wise after that's, so many years. I guess that's kind of what I was asking you there. Yeah, after so many years of doing this, of announcing songs, short sound bites with artists, hosting events, which is fun. Uh, hosting events is my other buzz, by the way. But it, it, there was something missing, and it was the long-form conversation. And to go backwards, where you're talking about where does this come from, um, in college, I worked for CNN in Los Angeles. Cameraman. A cameraman. Oh, very good. You did your research. Cameraman, uh, studio, uh, you know, I, I, I assisted studio director. I did audio. I did do, everybody in the small LA office of CNN did everything. Yeah. So it's, if somebody was a man down, you did that job. And it was the best learning experience of my life, especially when Larry King came to town, the late guru of interviewing. Yeah. And he, I'd just learned by osmosis being his stage manager. I'd run his little earpiece up the back of his shirt, and he, he had his the, the 
Thank you, neck, Stormy. The neck on that shirt was so tight that I would have to run it up his wrinkly back <laughs> and then I'd have to get it underneath the neck collar and it would never fit. And he would sit there hunched over going, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> The visual ad like, oh, is God, amazing. It's just, and I'm just like, oh, God. And then he'd ask a question. And he goes, why do you want to, what are we doing? He's really nice, but grumpy guy. And I learned watching him do interviews. And I said, you never really have notes. He goes, why would I have notes? Why would I know more about the person I'm interviewing than my audience? It, the best way I can do my job is if I'm curious. If you already know all the answers, why are you doing the interview? Uh, that was my biggest mistake when I started. We all did it. I made the mistake with Garth Brooks, with Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, my, my idol, my hero, the reason I'm in Nashville, my very first interview at CNN, and I had a whole legal pad full of notes and basically every question completely written out. And uh, I held it in front of my face during the interview. And I'm like, so, Charlie, you play a pretty good fiddle, right? <laughs> and But he would answer the questions knowing that I was young and stupid, like Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather was doing the interview. And it allowed me to continue. And Which so was he, very kind what of What a them. gift. What well, a gift. I've, if we go back and listen to my early shows, I have such an agenda to start. Tell me about the time that you opened this restaurant and what did you do? And then they would answer and I would be so concerned with ans asking my next question. That You'd never even listen to the answer. I'd go back That's and I'd I mean, listen following to their the path. answers and, and I'm like... Bones. Bones that are left for you to pick oh. up and you never picked up. That is... Oh, it's That's cringy. the kryptonite. It's, it's That's so the kryptonite of people, for people who do what we do. And... Garth Brooks was the king of playing with me. He knew I was chasing the bones. So he would purposely leave them disguised. And so I had to find the bones in the middle of the moment to be able to pick up. And I got- Give me an example. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I, I said, so you got some new music coming out. And he goes, yeah, man. It's got, you know, new is an interesting word. New, interesting word. Um, it's new, but it's familiar. And he goes, yeah, and it's got a few friends. It's got a few friends. He re-recorded Friends in Low Places with George Strait and a bunch of with other some artists. Friends in Low Places. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's new yet familiar. And I gathered a bunch of my friends. And how did I not go, oh, my God, you re-recorded Friends in Low Places. Instead, he came up to me the next time he saw me. He goes, you totally missed that. <laughs> and I'm like, God, dick. <laughs> I throw things, you know, and I miss a Garth Brooks uh, bone. And it's. And we spar in an interview. I mean, he, sometimes he loves being interviewed by me, and sometimes he's like, oh, God, this is, this is going to be a pain in the ass. He's going to try to get me somewhere. He's going to try to – and really, his job is just to get his message across, and I'll throw something in his face, and he'll just go – and it'll trip him up a little bit. And if well, I could do that, I've done my job. I'm glad you brought up Garth Brooks because – He's my boss. You were the king of – the the highway was with such a big. I mean, your Stormy Orange show was the largest morning show in the most listened world. To, most most I mean, listened to music morning show in the world. And I mean, that's congratulations. Thanks. That's amazing. It was and a then, team effort. I mean, I, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. But we do have a great following. MC was great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the new girl was was just. Amazing. Macy Banks. Yes, Macy. Macy. Uh, and she just had a baby. Just so. had a baby. She's great. Congratulations. And, there was a transition there. I, I, I saw on social media, because I follow you on social media, that something was happening, and then it was Stormy's leaving, and then a couple days later, you're going to the big 615 yep. on TuneIn.com, the TuneIn app. Well done. Thank you. And uh, how, did that whole, how did that happen? I mean, you say when Garth Brooks called, but like, yeah, tell I me mean, about that. Just inside baseball, um, after 17 years, I was at the end of a three-year contract, and we were in negotiations. And... I won't go into full details of those, sure. but uh, we were in negotiations to renew the contract. And we we're like, okay. And, you know, things were going fine. 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 I mean, it's no, nothing wrong, just fine. Yeah. And, you know, all prepared to, you know, either reluctantly or willingly continue on. And my contract had actually expired. So I was on a month to month, you know, contract with, sure. with the station. And during that time, that window of free agency, I got a uh, phone call from, or a text from Garth. And he said, hey, ma'am, uh, when you wake up, give me a call. I said, I'm doing a morning show. And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. He didn't forget. And then. Like, that's a four o'clock call if you want when right, I wake up. Yeah, exactly. And so I called him back after the show and I said, hey. And he goes, hey, pal. Um, so I'm starting this radio network 
uh, on TuneIn. Do you know what TuneIn is? I said, oh, yeah, that's on my phone. I listen to a lot of sports on it, and I'm a big fan. And he goes, oh, good, 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 so I don't have to explain that. I said, no. He goes, I'm starting a series of channels, and uh, the first one is going to be called The Big 615. And I'm just wondering if you know... I know you're you're locked in over there at SiriusXM, but do you have any names you would steer my direction uh, of who could help with that? I said, and jokingly, I kind of went, well, I am at the uh, end of a, a contract. He goes, oh, you are. <laughs> I said, yeah. And he goes, well, uh, that cuts about 30 minutes off this conversation. Why don't you just come on over? And I went, okay. And, and it so was that quick of a decision. I mean, people go, people are looking for some dirt and some nastiness in this, and there is none. I love my friends at the highway. They took care of me for 17 years, and I think I did a good job taking care of them. And it was a very symbiotic relationship, which I enjoyed immensely. Uh, but it was, not only was it just a contract, you know, that we were trying to work out, but it was also my soul I was trying to work out. I mean, it was time for just a shift. And and I remember saying those words to the, the up, higher ups there. I said, sometimes it's just time. And I didn't announce to them where I was going. I didn't actually know for sure if I was going there. Pretty sure. But I, nothing was signed and no, no, nothing in concrete. And they said, can you wait 30 days? And I said, I don't know if we can. And, but it ended up, we waited 30 days, honored their request. And uh, we went off and, off and running with the big 615. And I think it is one of the greatest moves I've ever made. Because we are a global station. We were North America at Sirius XM. And we really created a family of country music fans. You'll hear weather from Taipei. Or, I mean, it's, right. it's amazing I know, the weather that. on this. It's like I'm, I'm doing all kinds of wild stuff. And we're hearing. I mean, we opened up an email. Uh, hey, Stormy at TuneIn.com, by the way. And we're hearing from every country, every city you could think of. Wow. That people are listening around the globe. And they're like, thank you for bringing... American country music to us in Taipei or uh, Guam or uh, South Africa or Australia or Finland or uh, on a fishing boat, the time bandit from Danger, uh, Deadliest Catch, the yeah. boat, the, de the time. We got an email from the, the, the captain of the time bandit just saying, man, thank you so much for the, for the big 615. And it really puts it into perspective that we are talking to people, that we are connecting with people, and it makes the world a much smaller place. Garth and I sat down, and he goes, what's your goal? I said, to make the world a smaller place. And he goes, amen, because it's the only thing we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take care of each other and make the world a smaller place. And this station allows that to happen through country music. Man, I love that. That's just uh, congratulations. Thank you. It's I'm so much fun for you. I mean, it's, I'm we're selfishly to we're toddlers. I mean, we are literally just learning how, how to walk right now. And so the future is just and when you have a guy like Garth Brooks with his heart, his passion, his wisdom, his knowledge and his experience, he knows how to make things successful. I mean, you can't. Oh, yeah. His track record's pretty good. And I'd so, say so. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have made this decision this early or th that quickly if it wasn't Garth. Um, if we have a 30-year relationship, and I trust him implicitly, and I think he has the trust in me. So it made it a much easier decision, and I know he's not going to let this do anything but succeed. And well, I, it's, it's going to be a fun ride to watch. I think with you at the helm, I don't know how it can <laughs> not succeed. Oh, you watch. <laughs> I can scuttle a ship in a heartbeat. <laughs> We are going to finish this episode right after these words from our sponsors. Before we get out of here, guys, I want to tell you about Cytex. If you offer linens, if you have bar towels, first aid kits, tablecloths, uniforms, they really do everything. And guys, if you right now are working with a linen company that isn't Cytex, let me tell you, you need to take a look at Cytex. Their quality is second to none. Their service is second to none. My favorite thing about Cytex is that if they say they're going to do it, they do it. And they actually care about my customers as much as I care about my customers. It's not all about their pars and what they can do. They genuinely care. And I love that. If your linen company, if you don't feel that way about your linen company, you need to give Ross Chandler a call. His number is 270-823-2468. That is Cytex. So excited today to tell you all about Jason Ellis and Supersource. If you are somebody out there who has a dish machine, you need chemicals, Jason is your guy. Does he make you sign a seven-year contract? No. Do you have to sign a one-year contract? No. No contracts whatsoever. 
He's going to come in and earn your business every single week. I always say when I have guests here in the studio, the first thing they say is, oh, you work with Supersource. I love those guys. They're the best. Jason Ellis is the man, and you too could work with an amazing guy like Jason Ellis. You got to call him. His number is 770-337-1143. I'm also going to include all of the numbers and contact information for every single person that is an advertiser in the show notes. We would love for you to contact them and tell them Nashville Restaurant Radio sent you. Well, I will. I, I know you got to start this show in like ten minutes. Yeah, so, so some of the writers walk in. This is going to be cool. We got Lauren Watkins. We got John Prine. Lauren son. Watkins. Yes, she kind of sounds like. Uh, is she? Is she brand new? Mm-hmm. And she has a song that's like uh, Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple. Yes, she kind of sounds like. Uh, what's the woman that's intensely orange? Oh, Megan Maroney. She kind of has she a has a very little bit of much a Megan Maroney sound. That's funny. My son said the same thing. He's in the business now, and he said, "Dad, I think it's it's kind of a Megan thing." I said, "Yeah, it is. it's very close." I was listening today. I thought it was Megan she's Maroney. Like, she's like twenty three years old. She's really good. Yeah, uh, Tommy, she's really good. And Tommy Prine, John Prine's son's twenty seven, and then we have Charlie Warsham, who is maybe the best musician in this town. Really, and songwriter, and artist, and friend of artists. He's in Dirk Bentley's band. Uh, he's been. A journeyman when it comes to a studio musician, a songwriter, and an artist for 20 years. And he's got a, a brand new album coming out of duets of just collaborations with artists. And he's going to be here today, too. So it's it's a bit of it's Americana week. It's, uh, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's Americana pilgrimage fest and mm-hmm. all this. So it's a great chance for us to uh, stray away from our normal pattern of just songwriters who have written songs for other people and focus on really cool artists in their own right. And so I that's what it. we're doing uh, today in the, at 1230. Club. We have two. One thing, I'm going to have a final kind of a, a quick statement. And then the end like of it. my show, every time we do the Gordon Food Service final thought. I love that. You get to say whatever you want to say. I don't, whatever, whatever it is you I, want to say, you get to take us out. Surmise whatever you want, just whatever you want to say. Okay. But I want to say, you inspired me earlier on in the pandemic. Mm. I was listening and I think there was a in one segment in between where you said, this is kind of a crazy moment because you can, it's almost like you're a caterpillar going into yeah. a chrysalis, yep. which is this lockdown you're going in. And when you come out, that you can either be a monarch butterfly or you can be a moth. Yeah. Right. And I, I thought that was so brilliant. And yeah. the day the pandemic started was my episode one. I've done 350 episodes and I feel like I took, I, I listened to that and I go, what an amazing opportunity we all have to Everybody. reset and take to the next we level. We all make choices. And it inspired me. And I want to say thank you for those little moment. Man. And now you get to do wow. the Gordon Food Service final thought. I, it, it, that moment inspired me as well. So, I mean, I think we all, if we chose to, we chose to use it as fuel and not something to weigh us down. Unfortunately, a lot of people are suffering through some real serious mental health issues right now from that. Yeah. I don't want to leave them out of the equation because 100%. not everybody could make that shift. Mm-hmm. And if you were able to, good on you. And if... Not, it's not too late. I want to tell, even though the pandemic is basically wrapped up and, and gone, uh, sort of, whatever Maybe it coming is. coming back, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, it's not too late. It's not too late to grab the reins and get the help you need, uh, or if you need it, or if you just need to look in the mirror and, and kick your own ass and, and, and find a new direction. It's not too late. So I will leave you with this thought. This is a perfect segue. Um, after Route 91, the shooting in Vegas, mm. which I was standing on the stage and um, is obviously the most horrific moment of my life. And there's nothing like it. And how do you get through that? How do you recover from that mentally? And a lot of people are still struggling. And I'm still struggling. I do a lot of therapy. I mean, that's why the emotions are always right at the surface for me now, because I allow them to be. You were on and the stage when that happened? The shooting, the bullets going through the stage. And hitting the people. I didn't in the front. know that. Yeah, it was horrific. I mean, it's absolute. There's a documentary called Eleven Minutes. I need, yeah, I need to watch that. It's unfortunately you probably can only watch it once. It's that powerful. Yeah, but it's worth it. If you if you wanted to know what that was really like, that's heavy. But it's it's really good. But during my therapy, I was venting about just things tugging at my energy. You know, when I didn't have any. I was barely able to get out of bed, let alone come down to the Bridgestone Arena and put on a, a, a live morning show. And like nothing had ever happened. So I had to go, hey, uh, welcome to the show. Woohoo. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I can't even think straight. You know, I was just numb. And she goes, all right, you need to shed what is sucking your energy. And I said, okay, how do I do that? She goes, it's people. 
I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, there are people that you don't even know are stealing your joy and your energy. So what you have to do is close your eyes. Here you go. Go ahead. Exercise. Close your eyes. Got it. You are in a boardroom in a tall high rise in New York, and you are the CEO of your company. Not a company company, CEO of your yeah. life. You are the, the president and CEO of your life. Look who you have given power to at that boardroom table in your life. It could be a boss. It could be a best friend. It could be an ex-girlfriend. It could be your brother. It could be your sister. It could be your aunt, cousin. It could be uh, a, a, just an old friend that just sucks the joy out of your life, but they're still in your life that you, because you gave them power. And it doesn't mean you have to get rid of them in your life. You just have to take the power away from them and keep retain that power for yourself. Because if you don't, that drain is just going to continue and you're going to allow that joy to leave you. And you think you're doing a good thing by keeping that relationship the way it is, but no, you're not helping anybody, including that person. And I've done it with some people really close to me and it was hard, but it turned out to be the biggest release and the most cathartic thing I've ever did. And now I notice the energy's back. So be your own CEO and kick the people off the board that don't belong. And who takes their place? If anyone, who have you not given the right power to? So that is the piece. I wish I could steal that as my own, but that is from Sharon, my therapist. God love you. You got me through this thing. Stormy Warren, thank you so much for everything that you do and for taking the time today to talk to me. Um, this is fantastic. One last so question. Fun. One last question. What's up? What's your favorite restaurant in Nashville? <sighs> Besides my own? <laughs> <laughs> what is yours now? I have three. Uh, Mare Bowl. Oh, that's right. Green, yeah, yeah. Green Hills Grill. And we just opened Chago's Cantina on Belmont Boulevard. Reopened Chago's. Chago's. I love Chago's. Saturday, Sunday, we just opened. We're day three. This is this will come out next Monday. But So Green Hills Grill j- across the street, right? Green Hills Grill. Yeah, right in Green Hills. Yeah, but it used to be on the other side of used the street. To be, it's the new one. Yeah, the on new Richard one. I've been there. My wife Road. and I went there. Yeah. I didn't know that was yours. That's, that's I'm the director of operations for all those locations. And then we have Maribel and Brentwood. And then... Chago's is brand. I'm heading there after this. And you still got the chicken tortilla soup. So that's. Oh, yeah. Every day. Chicken tortilla soup. And we do the Maribel she crab bisque there on Fridays. Do you remember Club Maribel's? Oh, when it was on Second Downstairs. Avenue. Downstairs? Yeah. Well, they had like the Jack Leg Speakeasy after yeah, that. that. There was a whole thing. Club Mare Bulls, they had the great R&B jazz bands down there that were just, oh, man, that, that was an era. Way before my time. Um, <laughs> I love, if I ask my favorite restaurant in town, there's so many amazing restaurants in the city. Um, for a sandwich in town, if you're just East Side Bon Me. Oh, I've never been there. Is hands down the East best East Side sandwich. is a foreign country to me. Eastside the wash it, it, in, I've been in there. East Nashville with I've uh, been there. Eastside Pho and there's Sweezy and there's there's so many amazing. You're speaking places a there. foreign language now over here in the Joseph Hotel. There's Yolan. Have you been to Yolan? I've not been to Yolan. God, I'm feeling best restaurant in the city. Um, anything Sean Brock does is always amazing. Best hamburger in the city is probably the Redheaded Stranger makes a green chili cheeseburger that is the best hamburger bad luck burger club if you can find out wherever they are they do amazing things cletus on old on elm hill pike doesn't make there's so many amazing okay. restaurants in nashville and there's and these are all locally owned and operated these right. are not chains by the way the twelve thirty club really good and the twelve thirty club i mean the supper club is pretty spectacular i gotta give a little plug out there yeah and, and chef mike downing over here does a great he's great job. and, and I mean, he's they amazing. love they love what they do here and that's great and the the only thing i'm gonna leave you with is my favorite red my wife and i we the go palm. totally old school. The, the palm. palm. Well, the palm. It's where it was in the past. It was. It's just, um, unfortunately, they changed ownership. And, um, oh. And it was a, a little bit of transition. And, uh, and do you have a picture on the wall at the yeah, palm? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I, imagine. I still love it. I still go there. Uh, the nostalgia sure. for me, because it was my watering hole. That was my office. And it still is to this day. So we're, we're dating again. What's the new spot? I broke up with the palm, and now we're dating again. Okay. So it's not a new spot. It's actually a very old spot. But I still think it's the, the, the most underrated restaurant in Nashville to this day. Sperry's. Sperry's is an absolute classic. It's a treasure. Al Thomas, Sam Sanchez, Bob Tappen, some amazing guys over there. And now they got the win in Cool Springs. I'm so happy. It's right by your house. Yeah, I know. I drove by your house last night. My kids play <laughs> soccer right over there oh, yeah. on the fields on the, on the soccer the other day. But I, um, yes, Sperry's, the salad bar, the whole the, the thing. The whole thing. 
Great, great restaurants. If you're coming, if you're here, Sperry's in there. They're, Bananas Foster oh, made at your table, and it's like a casino in there. There's no windows. There's it's no so clocks. Great. And it, they're both they're both modeled almost identical. So if you walk in Cool Springs, it feels like you're in Bellmead. Yeah. What time is it? Do I have to do a show? Yeah, you got to do a show in like five minutes. Holy cow! Stormy, thank you for being here, man. We'll talk <laughs> to you soon. Thank you again to Stormy Warren for joining us here on Nashville Restaurant Radio. I. I'm always like scared when that question is asked. What's your favorite restaurant? Because there are so many amazing local restaurants here in Nashville. The one thing, if you're first time listener and you you're learning about Nashville music and Nashville uh, restaurants, find a local restaurant when you come to Nashville. Find somebody that's locally owned and operated. If you see a chain, don't go there. Go somewhere that is unique to what we do. That is where you're going to find the best experience in Nashville. All the restaurants I mentioned previously in this episode are all locally owned and operated restaurants, but there are so many more. Go back and look over our catalog of our episodes that we have, and you will see so many amazing, amazing restaurant owners, and you can hear their stories. We would love, if you're coming to Nashville, that you support those people. That is what makes Nashville Nashville and makes us special. So thank you for listening and uh, we will talk to you soon. Hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys.